Welcome to today's edition of the Blazing Grace Show with your trio of hosts, Jason Graves, Rob McIntyre, and Mike Janung. Blazing Grace covers blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Here are your hosts, Jason, Rob, and Mike. Welcome, Los Angeles. Well, it's good to be on the air on KKLA, and we're welcoming all of our new Los Angeles listeners. This is Jason Graves, along with my cohort, Rob McIntyre in lovely Montana. That's right. Howdy, howdy, howdy. And here in the studio, we have Mike Janung. Hey. Along with our producer, Ted Griffin, and we're glad to be covering some new territory, guys. We're officially syndicated now. Yeah, can you believe it? I always thought the syndicate had something to do with the mob. Right, right. Well, we're not going to be talking about that much. But but listen, hey, tell us how, about your adventure up in Montana. You're doing a little fly fishing? Well, no fly fishing. Actually, lake fishing lake on fishing. Flathead Lake. We're okay. going after some big white fish that's running out there. All right, so you're living the adventure. Oh, living it, yeah. Big now, time. talking about living the adventure, we're going to be talking about the the biblical imperative for the church to confront sexual sin. And uh, we, of course, here at Blazing Grace Radio, are all about confronting the issue of sexual addiction, mm. whether that's pornography, compulsive masturbation, adultery, whatever. Uh, and we want to make it clear that God has a heart for those struggling with these these addictions and these problems. And we've got plenty of grace to cover them. Amen? Amen. I mean, God's grace is bigger than we can ever imagine. And I think it's bigger than we give him credit for. But I know that the sex addict often says, it's not big enough for me, I'm well outside of his ability to help me, and uh, I'm, you know, just, I'm like, I'm like the worst guy on the planet. But it, that's not true. That's not true. Well, well, for our listeners who aren't familiar, most of the statistics nowadays are showing that half the men in the church have a struggle with pornography. That's at least half of the men in the church, and a large swath of our pastors. Right. And right. how many out there, you men, have never right. masturbated? Okay, there's like 1% of all men who have never masturbated. Okay? And actually, so. the stats are the same for women right now. Right, okay. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's important for our new listeners to know that we we all three have our own journey. We'll probably talk about that at some other time, but yeah. we, we've been there too, so we know what it's like. In fact, you can find all of our archived shows at blazinggrace.org forward slash radio dot htm. We've done several shows with people like... Shelly Lubin down there in the Southern California area, who's a, a former uh, adult film actress. And uh, we, of course, are reaching out to all sorts of people over the airwaves, authors, so plenty of resources. But let's get on to the topic today, because why should the church confront sexual sin? I mean, it's not really uh, very exciting. It's not the thing that brings in a lot of dollars to the, uh, to the change plate every Sunday. Mm. But it's important, Mike. I mean, tell me, what, what exactly does Scripture say uh, from your point of view? Well, the biblical imperative begins in 1 Samuel 2, if not before then. I'll read the 1 Samuel 2, verses 22. Now Eli was old. Eli, Eli was the high priest at that time. And he heard all that his sons were doing to all Israel and how he lay with the women. Basically, he was having sex with the women who served at the doorway of the tent of meeting at the church. Eli said to his sons, Why do you do such things, the evil things that I hear from all these people? No, my sons... For the report is not good, which I hear the Lord's people circulating. If one man sins against another, God will mediate for him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who can intercede for him? But they would not listen to the voice of their father. Now, the thing to focus on here is Eli did say something to his sons, but he did not take action. He did not do anything about it. 
Right. And later the Lord sent a prophet to confront Eli about his unwillingness to take action. And, and I'll read from 1 Samuel 2.27. Thus says the Lord, Did I not indeed reveal myself to the house of your fathers when they were in Egypt, in bondage to Pharaoh's house? Did I not choose them from all the tribes of Israel to be my priests, to go up to my altar, to burn incense, to carry an ephod before me? Why do you kick at my sacrifice and at my offering, which I have commanded in my dwelling and honor your sons above me by making yourselves fat with the choices of every offering of my people Israel? Therefore, the Lord God of Israel declares, I did indeed say that your house and the house of your father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord declares, far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. God's rebuke to Eli was severe for not taking action and confronting his sons for their sexual depravity and sexual sin. Wow. Picture the scene. I mean, here are the sons of the priests, right? Right. And they are having sex right outside the church. Now, could you imagine if you pulled up to your church Sunday morning, and there's the pastor's kids... In all their in all their glory, having sex with somebody out in the front lawn of your church, right, and doing nothing about it, right, and just but, giving yeah, a light it, tap but, in the hand. You know, I think it's important to to realize we are seeing that today. Maybe not the actual act of right. intercourse, or maybe not on the front lawn. Yes, that are occurring just clearly Absolutely. within the church's realm, and and you know, unfortunately, with a lot of our own children. Right, you know? right, exactly. And so we need to deal with this problem. Because it doesn't matter geographically where it's happening in relation to the church. If the people of God are entrapped in this type of sin, we need to deal with it. Otherwise, what's the consequences from Scripture? What does it say? Well, Eli was allowed to die. He lost his high priesthood, and his sons were killed all on the same day. Right. That's, right. When, the people of, that's when the nation of Israel went out to war, and then... And then uh, both the sons were killed as they took the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant was lost to the Philistines that day. Yeah. Right. Just goes to show that the eventual fruit of this sin is death. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Death of our souls, death of our physical bodies, death of our sexuality. So it's important. It's important that we look at this. Now let's look at another area here. Now we all know that Jezebel, the character in Scripture in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, can be understood as the symbol of uh, sexual idolatry. And in fact, the character um, enters in 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 1 Kings, and uh, she comes on the scene as the wife of the new king, Ahab. And what happens here is they get married, and then Ahab starts to worship idols and worship Baal, and they put up an an, uh, Asherah pole. Okay, so this is heavy idolatry, and this is the thing that, as the scripture says, provokes the Lord to anger. And so here we see this trend of idolatry being perpetuated and it's revolving around sexuality in part, but at the very base of it, it's um, around idolatry and power and control. And listen to what this, this character does here, this Jezebel, when her husband Ahab wanted a vineyard, he wanted Naboth's vineyard and he offered to take the vineyard from uh, Naboth and to give him fair market value for the vineyard. And then uh, Naboth said, no, I can't do that. The Lord said that I have to hang on to it. This is the property of my ancestors. And it was a very significant piece of property. And so what Jezebel said to Ahab when she found out about this is she said, here's what you do. Proclaim a day of fasting. This is 1 Kings 21, verse 9. Uh, Proclaim a day of fasting and seat Naboth in a prominent place amongst the people. 
But seat two scoundrels opposite him and have them testify that he has cursed both God and the king. Then take him out and stone him to death. So that's exactly what happened. This poor guy, Naboth, who was standing for the Lord, was stoned to death, all because this woman's husband couldn't get the property that she, that she wanted and that he wanted. This is about power and control. Right. And so listen what, what happens later. This is how uh, Jezebel is dealt with by the king of, uh, you know, the king Jehu, the new king that was just anointed Jehu. He went to Jezreel, and when, uh, this is where Jezebel was, and when Jezebel heard about this, what does she do? Instead of running, because she knows that this guy is taking out, Jehu is taking out all the enemies of God, just, you know, slaughtering them, according to uh, what God was telling him to do. When Jezebel heard about it, she painted her eyes arranged her hair and looked out of the window. I mean, picture the scene. She's looking down. She's basically trying to seduce this Mm -hmm. guy. This is how, this is what sexual sin does. And as Jehu entered the gate, he asked, have you come? She asked, have you come in peace? Zimri, you murderer of your master. So Zimri was Jehu's father. And uh, now she's taunting him. He looked up at the window and called out, who is on my side? Who? Two or three eunuchs looked down at him. Throw her down, Jehu said. So they threw her down, and some of her blood spattered on the wall and the horses as they trampled her underfoot. And Jehu went in and ate and drank. See, he had his priorities straight. You know, kill the witch, have dinner. (laughs) Isn't it interesting that she had to be around men who had no masculinity? Yeah, Mm -hmm. right. So she's only keeping people around her who she can control and dominate, right? right? Right. But more importantly, look at what Jehu did when she called out to try and taunt him. He didn't even answer her. Right, right. He didn't even answer her. He just said to his brothers in arms, you know, his band of brothers, who is on my side? And, of course, they hated this woman because she wasn't serving God, and they were. He said, throw her down. And they had no problem with that because she probably wasn't treating him real nicely anyways. Right. So they did that. They threw her down. Problem solved. Well, that's part of our message is that sexual sin is corrupting the church and softening men mm-hmm. and, and causing us to compromise from the inside out. Right. Yeah. yeah, so true. And how many times do we think that we need to, like, become part of the porn police, you know, and start dealing with the problem, find out all the pornographic Internet sites out there and report them to the authorities, right? No. The Bible says don't even answer it. Right. It gives us the answer, the example to... Take it out and, and deal with your resources around the problem, but not deal directly with, with the issue. Right, because it's just as seducing as Jezebel's eyes. Absolutely. If we're willing to let it go. Yeah, we fall into a trap. The scripture says in the Proverbs that answer a fool according to his folly, and you will be like him. Right. So if we buy into the lie that we have to get involved personally in the problem of that, the only way that we need to get involved in the problem of pornography and sexual sin is by doing our own work and doing our own job of staying free and pure and living in righteousness according to God's word. Amen. Can I get a witness here? (laughs) (laughs) Amen. I'm preaching to the choir here. Yeah, that's right. But, but Rob, share with us a little bit about but, um, your scripture. Because well, this you know, is it's a... interesting. Um, John was on the island of Patmos when he wrote this, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, he, he was talking to different churches. But here in uh, Revelations 2, verse 18, um, he's, he, he ends up writing, uh, And to the angel of the assembly in Thyatira write, These are the words of the Son of God. So it's clear 
that these are the words of the Son of God. And then he goes into what Daniel talks about in Daniel 10.6, who has eyes that flash like a flame of fire and whose feet glow like bright and burnished and white hot bronze. And then he goes on to say in verse 19, he goes, I know your record and what you are doing. See, the Lord knows what's going on, guys. Amen. Mm. And your love and your faith and your service and your patient endurance and that your recent works are more numerous and greater than your first one. So I, I think what, what's happening here is they're just identifying with the passion that we have as believers. But then, verse 20, however, or but, you know, here it goes. But I have this against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, um, and who is teaching and leading astray my servants and beguiling them into practicing sexual vice and eating food sacrificed to idols, and which refers and just correlates to um, the scriptures you were reading. And I gave her time to repent, he goes on to say, and has no desire to repent of her immorality and refuses to do so. And then he goes on to uh, say, verse 22, Take note, I will throw her on a bed, and those who commit adultery with her, I will bring down a pressing distress and severe affliction, unless they turn away their minds from conduct hers and repent of their doings. Mm -hmm. And I will strike her children. So this doesn't, this is kind of a familial issue, um, dead. Just kind of like what happened to uh, Eli and his boys. Right. And all the assemblies shall recognize and understand that I am who searches minds, the thoughts, feelings, and purposes, and, and the hearts. And I will give each, each to you a reward for you who have done as your works deserve. And then th- what's cool is, is that's kind of that's the, that's the admonition. That's the, um, the, not the threat, but it is a threat, because if we don't have clean hearts, if we're not doing things right, if we're actually allowing the leaven to come in to, to the, you know, the bread into our hearts, the sin, then, then we're going to have a, a high price to pay. But then there's, a, there's also a promise to us that if we do what God is asking us to do and, and have pure hearts, then he also says in verse 27, or I'm sorry, uh, verse 26, and he who overcomes, so is victorious, uh, who overcomes and obeys my commands to the very end, doing the works that please me, I will give him authority and power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a scepter of iron, and when earthen pots are broken in pieces, and power over them shall be like that which I myself have received from my father. Wow. And what? I will give him the morning star. I mean, that's, yeah. just, that's the promise of us who choose to obey God right. and choose to have pure hearts right. and choose to not worship things. And I mean, isn't that interesting, Jason, that, you know, idolatry from the beginning of time, from the beginning of the Bible, Exodus, you know, talking about the Ten Commandments, that's one of the first yeah. things that's in the, the, the commands. Yeah. And that I we love worship this. nobody else but the living God. I love this part here. I think it bears repeating. I'm, look at Revelation 2, verse 26. To him who overcomes sexual idolatry, sexual uh, addiction, and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. And I tell you what, I mean, it's not just about what we're recovering from. It's what we're recovering to. And I mean, this is, this is my heartbeat. I, I just love that God gives us the desires and passions and gifts that he's put in our hearts and and And, a second chance yeah and a a second chance to live those out right and to be fulfilled and you know what that may be authority over your family that may be authority over your community 
uh, authority over your workplace. Maybe God wants to make you the authority over the, all the plumbers in the United States or the, the world. Or maybe he wants to put you in like public office somehow. But authority can manifest in many different ways. Right. Maybe he wants to make you an, a cultural authority on the issues that you're you're involved with or, or interested in. I mean, we got guys in recovery, Rob, uh, who are going through the counseling, going through the groups. And I mean, these guys are taking up their sword and they're heading out yeah. onto the battlefield yeah. to take back the land. And I just love this this uh, description that it gives of Jesus in uh, in the uh, verse um, uh, 18. It talks about Jesus having eyes like a blazing fire right. and feet like burnished bronze. You know, that's a description of a warrior. Right. So we're not just following just anybody here. But, you know, isn't it interesting? I think the contrast to that, the other side, is if you don't, who's going to be ruling you? Right. Who's going to be holding your heart? You're going to be confused. You're going to have ambiguous emotional messes. You're going to be in, under the power of a seducer of idolatry and all those things. And, and many, for many Christians, that describes what their struggle is. Right, exactly. I mean, look at Jezebel. She was cast on a bed of suffering. And it promises here, I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways. And listen, you may say, well, listen, I'm not committing adultery. Listen, the Bible says if you've committed the sin in your heart, it's the same thing as committing it in real life. Matthew 5. Right. So it doesn't matter if you're just looking at pornography. This was my whole excuse was, well, I'm just looking at pornography. I'm not really having any contact with real people. Until my wife one day said, you know what? The Bible says it's just, just the same thing as adultery. You know, and I, and I never wanted to hear those words come out of her mouth again. I never wanted to see that look on her face again. Right. Mm. It doesn't matter if it's just masturbation. The bottom line is you're taking something that God has given you and you're using it in ways he didn't intend isaiah 58 1 says cry loudly do not hold back raise your voice like a trumpet and declare to my people their transgressions and to the house of jacob their sins and i think what i sometimes think is missing in the church is an all-out call to repentance to give everything to the lord to stop playing the christian game to stop playing the sunday church game and to really go all out for him and then in Isaiah 58:10 it says and if you give yourself to the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted then your light will rise in darkness and your gloom will become like midday mm-hmm. and the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your desire in scorched places so if we do what he's commanded us to do if we speak out about our sins if we invite the sexually broken to come to help get help and repentance and we if we give the, give ourselves to them those who are struggling with sin, he will bless the church and make it a light in our community rather than just a place people go to on Sunday where it doesn't make a difference in the culture. Right. Absolutely. And for you pastors out there who are afraid of this, because let's face it, it's not the most popular issue. Okay. <laughs> You're not going to get like extra donations in the church just right. by your sermons. But guess what? Guys who get sexually pure have more time, more energy, and more resources because they're not wasting it on their sexual addiction anymore. You know, you know, I have I have to say this this is a thing I've learned just from my own personal recovery in six years. Is Jason? I didn't know how to take care of myself. Right. I I did not know what I needed as a man yeah. just to be live a healthy life. Right. And God has shown me that since I have put away the sexual vices and learned how to care for myself as as a you know child of God. Right. And as we get better at taking care of ourselves, we have more to give. Yeah. And same thing when the addict comes out of the addiction, his resources are channeled towards God's righteousness. So your tithing in the end will go up. 
Yeah. If you deal with it, and if you deal with it effectively, I want to talk about masturbation for just a second here because it's one that we don't discuss a lot. Right. Um, in fact, uh, one time I heard this sermon, uh, and they were talking about uh, the M word, right? <laughs> <laughs> somebody said, somebody said, marriage, you know, <laughs> right? Right. But listen, this is what C.S. Lewis has to say about masturbation. He wrote an article called, called "The Dark Prison of Self," and in it, he wrote about his, his in, this increasing isolation. Uh, in a letter replying to a, a young man who asked him about what he thought about masturbation, he wrote, For me, the real evil of masturbation would be that it takes an appetite which, in lawful use, leads the individual out of himself to complete his own personality in that of another, and turns it back, sends the man back into the prison of himself, there to keep a harem of imaginary brides. And this harem, once admi- admitted, works against his ever getting out and uniting with a real person. For the harem is always accessible, subservient, calls no sacrifices or adjustments, and can be endowed with erotic and psychological attractions which no real person can rival. Among those shadowy brides, he is always adored, always the perfect love. No demand is made on his unselfishness, no mortification ever imposed on his vanity. In the end, they become merely the medium through which he increasingly adores himself. Wow. 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 Hey, Jason, can I can I quote the scripture? One of my favorite scriptures is Second Chronicles 7.14. Yeah. And it says, if my people... Mm. So, so, folks, if you're a Christian and you're involved in sexual sin, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves... Mm. So God's asking us to hear this message, to hear that that um, th- that even the act of masturbation... Uh, when there is mental sin, you know, where it's in the head, and, and, and we are, we're just leaving it there, that God's saying, come on, let me be that thought for you. But right. if my people, which are called by not my name, will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, Amen. and repent, I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Amen. Amen. Now, do you need help? Uh, Rob and I do counseling over the telephone. Go to blazinggrace.org, and you can get tons of resources. Mm-hmm. But just listen to the end of the show for the lead out. But listen, this has been Blazing Grace Radio, and we're glad to be on all over the world through the Internet. And, of course, in Colorado Springs on KGFT and in Los Angeles now on KKLA. Uh, we are listener-supported. Would you like to help us spread the message of sexual freedom and health? Well, find us on the web at blazinggrace.org, and uh, there's information on how to give. We're also on oneplace.com if you'd like to listen in streaming audio and iTunes. So if you want to get a podcast and get a subscription that way, go to iTunes.com. Tune in next week. We're excited to bring back a friend of the ministry, and we're going to talk about why we're doing a show on sexual addiction. And in a couple weeks, we'll be having Eva Marie Everson back on the show. Tune in next week. We're glad to have you. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of The Blazing Grace Show. We trust today's broadcast helps bring you closer to God and to what God desires for your life. Blazing Grace is a listener-supported mission intended to help listeners around the world. Your support is vital in keeping that mission alive. We ask you to prayerfully consider sending a tax-deductible gift to Blazing Grace. It would be gratefully appreciated. You can send your monetary gift to Blazing Grace. Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. That's Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. Want to learn more about Blazing Grace? Find us on the internet at www 
blazinggrace.org. That's triple W B L A Z I N G G R A C E dot O R G forward slash radio dot HTM. On that page, you'll find a downloadable copy of this show, or you can visit oneplace.com under ministries. Look for Blazing Grace Radio. If you want help resolving a sexual addiction, you can reach Rob McIntyre and Jason Graves toll free by dialing 877-590-SOUL. That's 877-590-7685. Desire for a specific subject to be covered on Blazing Grace? Tell Mike Janung what you want covered. You can email Mike at Mike, the symbol at blazinggrace.org. We look forward to sharing more blazing issues and grace-filled answers next time. Thanks once again for listening, and may God shine His grace upon you. Thank you.